Hi, I'm Steve Thomas. This is Cacophony. Let's dive into some great music. But first, a warning. This one will leave you humming the tunes and with an ache from your smiling face. If you heard the last episode, A Timeless Tale of Unrequited Love, you'll have heard me talking about the 19th century popularity of piano duets. And here we are again. Well, kind of. This one's a tale of how an unscrupulous major music publisher shamelessly exploited an inexperienced young artist. Or, alternatively, how Dvorak got his big break. Thirty or forty years after Schubert wrote the lovelorn fantasy that we covered in the last episode, Brahms had a major hit with some Hungarian dances. I'm not sure if you can hear me doing the speech marks there. They're a nod in a generally Eastern European direction, without being properly Hungarian. But by this time, there were even more pianos in homes, and even more pianists than in Schubert's day, and piano duets were a big money spinner for the publishers, and, to a lesser extent, the actual composers. So when Brahms heard the music of a young Czech, Antonin Dvorak, he tipped off his big-shot publisher, and Dvorak got his first commission. Dvorak was essentially asked to repeat the Brahms trick, tap into his roots and the popular folk-inspired or gypsy style, meet the demand for piano duets that people could play at home, and give the publisher a hit. They even went as far as dictating the title, asking first for Bohemian or Moravian dances, before deciding that Slavonic dances had an even better ring to it, and would give an even wider catch-all appeal. Canny, huh? Borjak set to work. And he was done in only three weeks. And at the same time, he wrote an orchestral version that explores the same music in the sound version of Glorious Technicolor. And in the event, it was that that became the instant hit. Within the first year, there were performances in major centres in Germany, Austria and Central Eastern Europe, but also in London, Nice, New York and Boston paving the way for Vorjak to become an international star. So it's the orchestral set that we're going to listen to. I don't think I know anyone who loves classical music who doesn't also love Vorjak. And this is a real case of what's not to love. It's not usual in concert halls, either when they were written or now, to play all eight Slavonic dances in one go. Varied and delightful as they are, all of them in one hit can be too much of a good thing. So this is one of those times when you might want to dip in and out, or listen while you're trying to do something else, like making a meal or the ironing. Does anyone do ironing anymore? I know I don't. Let me know. Though be warned that if you do try and do something else, Dvorak is still coming to get you, with his mix of catchy, beguiling tunes and brilliant orchestral colour. I've had an email from Itamar, who's enjoyed some music by Bartok on Cacophony. Hi Itamar, if you're listening. Episode 1 of Cacophony 
features Bartok's brilliant Romanian dances, which he wrote after trips to record raw material played by village dance bands. German Brahms writes Hungarian dances, Hungarian Bartok writes Romanian dances, Czech Borzak writes Slavonic dances. Confused yet? Anyway, in Borzak's cases, his Slavonic dances are all made up, in the style of, without using actual traditional dance tunes. But as a young boy, Dvorak had played violin in this local village dance band, and then later earned money during and after college, playing in cafe and salon bands. So he knew these folk styles inside out. It was rooted deep within him. Dvorak's Slavonic dances are the ultimate mood enhancer. Take me the other morning, for example. I woke up a bit grumpy as, frustrated by general untidiness, my daughter wanting attention and feeling. I wanted time to myself, and I wasn't feeling in particularly great shape. But needs must. As I put the breakfast on, I put on a couple of Slavonic dances at random, not deliberately to improve my mood, but for work, because I knew I'd be talking about them here. But then, Inside five minutes, the grumpiness was gone, and I was set up for a much better day ahead. I think they'll work their magic on you too. There's a mix of fast and furious, chilled and relaxed, delicate dance steps, and thumping feet with drums and those deceptively hard-to-play-fast crashing cymbals. Sometimes even in the happy stuff, there's a back note of wistful sadness. Sometimes in the more melancholy stuff, Borjak can't contain a sort of deep underlying happiness, contentment. Borjak shifts moods often within the dances, and these changes from melancholy or thoughtful to playful or coquettish can be sudden. I'm thinking of a moment like this. I think my favourite of the dances might be number seven, or I love this bassoon playing a bar behind the oboe. Bassoons seem to be considered intrinsically funny by most composers, but this is just as enjoyable when Borjak repeats the trick with the whole band later in the dance. Ultimately, aside from the sheer enjoyment, what you take away from these pieces is an enormous sense of flow. 
analysis of Dvorak's sketches suggests that he may have had all eight dances, 35 minutes of music, mapped out in under eight hours. Any composer worth their salt would be made up to have written one of these. He's really tapped into the source here, in the vitality, the generosity, warmth, humour and sheer humanity. Pours out of this music as the ideas tumble over each other. For a series of easygoing and lightweight dances, it's deeply satisfying. Normally on Cacophony, I'd pick you a selection, three or four of the dances. But they're all great and I can't choose, so here I'm handing you the controls. Take your time, dip in and out, and then tell me which ones you love best and why. Facebook, Twitter and links to comment are all in the notes accompanying the podcast. And you can email me, steve at cacophonyonline.com. I read everything, and I will respond. One final thought. I don't talk much on Cacophony about specific recordings. I try and choose really good recordings that do the pieces justice, but the how and why of that is not really what the show is about. But in choosing the version for this episode, I read that the Bavarian Radio Symphony Orchestra with Czech conductor Rafael Kublik, was a surefire winner. They're a combination you'd expect to be good, an orchestra widely considered one of the very best, with a conductor known for Czech music and renowned for delivering warm, human interpretations. I've known these pieces since I played them in my school band, but nothing prepared me for this recording, though. It's electrifying. The individual playing from solo lines in wind and brass is top-notch and full of character as you'd expect, but the way the orchestra responds as one single, 80-strong organism to subtle or sudden shifts of speed and volume is breathtaking. Turning on a dime like this requires extraordinary skill and control, and you can hear it in the playing. So get prepared for your cheeks to ache from too much smiling, and click on the links in the notes to have a listen. Don't forget to get in touch and tell me what you think. Please share the episode or the trailer with anyone you think would enjoy a bit of cacophony in their lives. And if you've enjoyed this a lot, remember you can always click on a link and buy me a coffee. I'd be very grateful. Come back for more next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>